Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Miles Wakeham. Miles, you are found on the web at beunconstrained.com. Miles, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. For sure. So why do we want to be unconstrained? What does that mean? Well, I, I'm originally from Australia, so I'm kind of one of those immigrants that came to the United States about, I guess, 25 years ago. And when I came here, I was kind of unsure of what I got myself into. Um, I, I'm a very much a strong believer that personal freedom and, and being able to chart your own course and go any direction you want is really crucial for all of us to have a a good quality life, what I call an unconstrained life. And one of the biggest factors that was kind of getting in the way with that that I noticed in the United States was money. Mm-hmm. Um, the obsession around the whole concept of finance and money and how am I going to pay my bills, it, it kind of consumes us all. And the unfortunate reality is that when you look at it uh, as an outsider, you kind of see all the cracks in the system and you start to want to dig into the cracks. And I I did that. Um, just some background, when I arrived in the United States, I became a millionaire within six years because I found some cracks that were open uh, to, to uh, you know, involve myself in. Um, I also lost a million dollars very quickly as well. And then I had to gain easy it come, easy go. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So I've gone through that hero to zero cycle a couple of times in my life. And every single time I sort of go through that process, I look back and I kind of debrief. And what I found is that in the United States, um, and this is not just a US-centric thing, it also applies to many other sort of, I guess, what we call first world Western countries, there is this social mantra. And the idea is, you know, you you grow up with your parents and then you go to school and you graduate and go to college and you study hard and you come out with some sort of a, a permission slip, shall we call it, like a, a bachelor degree that gets you into the middle class. And then from there, you take a job, you work hard and you keep repeat, rinse and repeat. And eventually at about the ripe old age of 65, you retire, get the gold watch and live in the Bahamas. At least that's how it's sold. The problem with that is very few people actually fulfill that mission. Um, And when I started to dig into it and I started seeing the percentage of people who are living paycheck to paycheck and how the the money distribution was uneven and, and what people were doing that were making money and what they were doing that weren't, it started to become glaringly obvious that this whole plan, this map, was preordained mm-hmm. for the most part by the banking industry uh, on the premise that if you can 
get a, a student into student loan debt at the age of 18, you can keep them indebted to the bank all the way through to the end of their natural life by way of debt, mortgages, car loans, credit cards. And at the, there's not really a positive outcome to all of this. And I started looking deeper into the whole process and I realized that the word mortgage in its pure French translation translates to death contract. It's a preordained setup for you for the rest of your life to pay interest to a bank. And I thought, well, what is the bank doing to earn the interest other than they've got the money in the first place and you want it? Well, they're not really doing anything, right? They're sitting around and playing polo and living in Monaco. They're not, they're not out there toiling for the amount of money that we pay every month in interest. The same would also be true of the insurance industry, but that's a whole other topic. What I worked out was that if you didn't actually fall prey to this from day one, Mm-hmm. And you lived a kind of an upside down life where you focused on initially frugality. So you got to keep the money you earned as opposed to pre-spending it for, and selling out your future self, that you would then be in a position of power and that you could then control the money and what you could do with it. So that led me down another rabbit hole. And that was, well, what do you do with it? Well, you know, people, we think of this as like investing, you know, you put your money in stocks or bonds or whatever. Um, where I come from, we don't do that. Well, at least in my generation back then, we didn't do that. We would take capital and we would deploy it. You'd buy a farm, you'd buy a, a, a house, but you'd pay for it in cash. You'd, you'd invest in a business. You were actively involved in what you were doing. And that tended to get better results. At least I, it might history it had. So I realized that if I was to buy income producing assets that would pay me to own them, and mm-hmm. I was living frugally, there's a point in time when you cross that, that kind of Rubicon, right? You cross the barrier between um, what your costs of living are and what your income is. And if you're just willing to be patient, because it doesn't actually take that long, um, you can then be in a position where you achieve what I would call financial sustainability. Now, this is not a new premise. I mean, people have been talking about this sort of thing for for decades. The problem is they've never taken it into the 21st century. They haven't adjusted it for the technologies and the ways of earning income without toil that are available to us now with the internet. And that's the thing that, you know, people think in terms of, oh, you're talking about like cash flow, like how, I, you know, like a Robert Kiyosaki book. Um, yeah, well, that's good if you're buying physical real estate and that does work. But there's other forms of investing in capitalization, in building web applications or investing in commission projects or affiliate income or things like that, that do mm-hmm. not require toil. And yet, if you are living frugally, you will pass that point where your income exceeds your expenses. That's financial freedom. Who wouldn't want that? The thing is, if you do it right and you invest in the right kind of assets, real estate's a big one, rental real estate's a huge one, you actually can hedge your asset risk against inflation because things like rents go up. They don't go down typically. And the asset itself appreciates, but you're never going to sell it anyway, right? Because you're living off the rents. So that's been my, my mantra. And to this day, 
I own 20 rental properties. I am buying real estate all over the world. I spend half of my time on a plane living in foreign countries, you know, mm. looking for opportunities. The other half of my time and in, in Arizona, COVID notwithstanding. Um, and with all of that, it's a pretty decent life. It's an unconstrained life. When I talk to people, I bump into them in the line at Starbucks or something, and they say, well, what do you do? And I try and tell that story in a very concise way. <laughs> They're like, well, how do I do it? Right. Okay. Well, there's a million ways of doing it, but you've got to change your headspace and forget that social mantra because it's not serving you. Yeah. Um, so, Miles, it sounds like you're a big fan of real estate. Um, what do you see as kind of that, maybe that first transaction that that somebody should shoot for and and the, kind of the goal would be like, okay, let's get your first property. What, what does that typically look like? Well, a lot of people will put money away in, say, an IRA or a 401k or some sort of deferred program for their, quote, retirement. And that's Normal. Everyone working typically does that. The problem is that if you had, say, $50,000 or $60,000 that you had amassed over time in that market and you can't touch it until you're 59 and a half, <laughs> then you're not going to have the opportunity of deploying it into anything that will organically grow on its own. And that's where I think people can start. I'm not saying quit your 401k and pay the the penalty, but I am saying that if you can amass, say, 50 or 60K, then you have enough money to be able to invest in your first investment property. And once you've done that and you've got it online and you've got tenants paying you enough rent that pays the mortgage off, um, what you end up in a situation is assuming you do get capital appreciation, you can then leverage against that property, draw down. You can continue working while you're managing it because it doesn't take that much work. And at the end, on year two, you can do it again. Mm -hmm. And in year three, you can do it again. That's what I did. By about year five, you've probably got enough, say, multifamily properties where you never have to work another day in your life. All you've got to do is just perpetuate it through and let the tenants pay the mortgage off. So the secret that I uh, teach is 15-year mortgages. 15-year mortgages are affordable based on current interest rates and current rental load. And in fact, you'll probably make more money on rents than you're outgoing. You take the surplus of that, you put it back against the principal, you turn it into a 12 or a 10-year mortgage. Yeah. 10 years from now, you never work another day in your life for the rest of your life. Well, that sounds like a good deal. Um, Miles, how do you help people with this? Like, How do you work with them? Well, I've tried to open source this information because it came to me that way for the most part. I didn't spend a lot of money buying courses and things like that in this world. I sort of picked it up and I just immersed myself into it. And I and today I don't need to go out there selling courses. I've got enough money so I can just help other people. So what I did with Be Unconstrained is I set up a website that tried to promote the, the reasons why you would want to do something like this, not just the how, but more importantly, the why. And then I have a podcast I do every week called The Unconstrained Podcast that really talks to that in detail. We've done over 100 episodes at this point, so it's in, in pretty heavy detail. And I line up in that all of the steps that you take to 
take advantage of living frugally initially, how you save your money, where you should do this, how you begin. And I have a course coming out uh, probably in the next two months. There's a complete 15-hour online audio course that talks to the absolute details of what we've done here in the state of Arizona that's allowed us to amass this sort of position. But um, look, you know, I know what it's like getting started because we we all had to do that. I know what li- my life looked like 20 years ago when I didn't do it, and it's hard. I mean, if you think that you don't need to do something like this and that you can just put your money away and just keep working for the boss and, you know, doing all of that, well, the statistics don't help you. Um, Forbes magazine published that 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And of that, most couldn't afford an unexpected $500 a month, you know, bill. Um, We shouldn't be living like that. Not in a country that's so abundant with wealth as this country. And, And so really that's kind of where I start. I say to people, if you want to continue to get the same predictable outcomes knowing what the statistics are telling you, then it's easy to ignore everything I'm telling you and do what everybody else is doing, follow the herd. But if you want to be an outliner, you want to disrupt the process and you want to get the benefits, um, I did it, you can too. I'm not saying that I have your answers because I don't know who you are, but you can at least study people who have done it and it gives you hope to know that maybe you too can be unconstrained. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, kind of the the whole B quadrant um, part of the equation, um, you know, in terms of like viewing a business as an asset? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. The only problem with businesses is that most people, probably 90% of people who buy a business or start a business, what they're only doing is creating a job for themselves. Mm-hmm. All they've done is they've taken the job that an employer would give uh, and they've made it themselves. But, you know, the employer used to deal with the healthcare and they deal with the <laughs> workers' comp and the, all of that. Now it's on them, uh, not to mention that they become the the overall kind of paternal owner of all of their employees as well. So in the end, I mean, I've run many businesses before and I can honestly say that most of them didn't end well. And, I mean, they did end well in that they were financially decent but at the end of the day, they are more trouble than they're worth. The exception would be businesses that I have that invest in something that organically generates its own income. And then I end up returning back to the whole idea of just buying capital assets that do that. Um, if you owned a farm and you were farming that all the time, that's great. But you're still out there farming. I, I, I don't know. Call me lazy. <laughs> I don't like working hard. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't like it. I mean, if I have to spend 40 or 50 hours fronting up to a job, well, you're going to be doing 80 to 100 in a business. And if that's how you want to live all your life, then go for it. Maybe you'll be part of the minority of cases that get to sell or exit out of it at some point with a big cash reward. I mean, good luck. But my experience in talking with a lot of people who have done that before is that when they achieve that, it's kind of like winning the lottery. Most people don't keep the lottery money two years after they won it. And that's because they don't understand money. They don't understand it in relation to their lives. And 
you know, I would always call that out. I would say that as much as I really do appreciate and respect the teachings of people like Michael Gerber with the e-myth and things like that, I think most people go into business not knowing that they can be digging themselves into a hole very quickly. That's the truth. That's the truth. All right. When someone goes to beunconstrained.com, what should they click on? How do they, I know you have a lot of uh, content you just give away for free. Um, What would be some of that uh, content that you'd recommend for someone that's kind of newer in the journey? I think the podcast is probably the most valuable thing. Uh, I do it every week, religiously. Uh, I make sure that I give information out to our audience and that I lead them into places where they can make their own decisions about things for themselves. Um, that's very valuable. There's a link there to subscribe to the podcast, but you can you can find it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. There's yeah. also a section there called articles, which is just this historical kind of collection of blogs where I go into uh, in written form to talk about that sort of thing. I don't do as many articles these days because I do much more podcasting. Um, so I would start with that. There's a lot of media there where I've appeared on other shows all over the place and people can check that out. Uh, and that's also where we'll be. We have a section that's not quite online yet, but it's a, a concept of community where we can build this kind of open source network of people that feel similar and maybe realise that if they just do the same thing over and over again, the results they're getting aren't really what they want. And so they might be looking for alternative ways. So I try to build that. We have a big matrix server there where all of our <laughs> people come on board and chat profusely about topics. And, and it's a, a you know, federated, uncensored kind of thing. So we're not going to get shut down by Google or Facebook or anything. Yeah. So the website is called Be Unconstrained. Uh, so however you're listening to this podcast, just go ahead and do a quick search, find it, hit subscribe and start listening. Uh, and Miles, what what sorts of topics will they hear you talk about? Well, I've just done a series on what I call the um, the Unconstrained Bill of Rights, which is a, a set of rights that I think that we all need to demand for ourselves, the right to financial freedom, the right to healthcare, the right to uh, not be surveilled, uh, the right to uh, finding opportunities that are non-discriminatory, that sort of thing, the right to travel. Uh, These are important issues. I've just bought an estate in Mexico that I'm developing uh, because I'd found it because I happened to be down there and then spoke to the right guy who knew some guy who said something. And next thing you know, I'm a landowner down there. I mean, these are the sorts of things that come when your premise to not be locked down to a job or a business so you can freely travel, uh, that you can do these things and you can partner with other people and you can form that community where everyone wins. It's a pure win-win. And that's the stuff that I kind of talk about. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So go to beunconstrained.com or just in the podcast directory, search for Be Unconstrained Podcast. Miles, this has been fantastic. Uh, is there anything else that folks should click on, look for, engage that you'd recommend? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. I'm on Twitter as well, but I, you know, I'm kind of almost an anti social media guy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But um, more so, I think the website and the podcast is really where the action is. 
Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, Miles Wakem, again, thank you so much for joining us. Beunconstrained.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.